Welcome back to The Grinder. I appreciate you guys coming in today. Uh, today we have James and we also have Morel on. What's going on, guys? What's up? Not much, man. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Um, to jump into it really quick, guys, um, I want to know something that's been, been going on that you might have picked up that is a good thing this week. Um, well, let, let me just go ahead and start that off. So, uh, something I've picked up good this week is, uh, it doesn't really matter. I've had to tell myself cause I've been a little crybaby some this week. Uh, it doesn't matter if you really want to do the work or not. Like you, you don't have to be motivated. Just get it done. Like step up, lay the stack in front of you and get it done. Addison, I think it was your grandfather that said it best. If you got to eat a shit sandwich, eat it quick. Eat it very quick. <laughs> that's right, man. So, you know, I mean, sometimes it's what you just got to do. Eat it fast, move on. Cry about it. It's just going to drag it out. Mm-hmm. What about you, Morel? Uh, for me, man, just trying to win the day. Um, you know, we kind of started that trend a few weeks ago. And, you know, we just try to look for the, the small or large successes in a day's period. Win the day. Seize it. That's right. That's right. Morel, we've been so excited about talking to you. Um, I'm sorry, Addison, did you have something you wanted to add to that? No, man, you're good. Okay. So, Morel, we've just been so excited. We've been, we've been telling people for a while that we're going to have a guest on. And, you know, so we're bringing you in because I think they're getting tired of Addison and I just constantly agreeing with each other on everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, look, we got some great listeners uh, dedicated listeners. We appreciate them. And we did not do them service at first. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, uh, I own a company called Ramsey PC Solutions. Uh, we provide IT services for pretty much any business size at this point. Um, you know, our, our claim to fame is our customer service. We want to have that Chick-fil-A style customer service, no matter who you speak to here. Um, we just want to be your IT team for whatever issues may come up. You say that, do y'all say my pleasure over there? <laughs> it depends on who you get for my pleasure, but you always get a smiling voice on the other end. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I stole that fair and square. If a client says thank you to anything, I reply my pleasure every single time now. There you go, man. Have Addison, what about you? I know you're the Chick-fil-A aficionado. Man, you know, I eat Chick-fil-A at least Four times a week. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, let me be real because it's so close to us and it's the easiest restaurant to get to from our location. And so, yeah, man, I'm not going to deny that I eat Chick-fil-A at least four times a week. Okay. So do you say my pleasure now? Uh, I, I say my pleasure constantly. Sometimes I don't even mean to say it. Someone says, have a good day. And I say my pleasure. <laughs> hey, you know, there that's, is something to be true. said. There is something to be said to that expectation. I, I mean, I still remember. It was like a year ago. I went to a Chick-fil-A. They hand, the, the lady at the um, window handed me my food and didn't acknowledge me whatsoever. Not only I said, thank you. She didn't say my pleasure. She didn't even acknowledge me. She handed me my food and turned around and went to the next order. At another restaurant, a McDonald's or something like that, I would have never thought twice. I would have just pulled off and went about my day. It bothered me. Cause I was thinking like, 
I mean, y'all set a standard, but it's true. Am I right? That's you true. set a standard of how you're going to operate on something like that can't be taken lightly. Now, so did you, I, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm about the law of averages. Of course, every time, if you look at the average, they've always excelled. Right. So you went around the drive through again is what I'm hearing. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I let it go, but that always stuck with me. You get a certain level of service, even though my food was still great. It was fast. Uh, everybody else I talked to, I didn't have to repeat myself three times, you know, at the drive through window to try to get my order correct. You know, none of that happened. But the fact that she didn't say my pleasure when I said, thank you stuck with me. And I guess that's to my point, like, you know, being a customer focused business, if you say you're going to be at a certain level and you're going to operate to that, it's got to be consistent. Yeah. You got to maintain. Yeah. 100%. You know, I mean, I had a complaint come in this week from a client who said, man, I called in and I could tell it was busy there, which number one, that bothers me a little bit. I don't want a customer to know, like it's, it's an issue if a customer said, I can tell your office is busy, you know, uh, which basically means, Hey, y'all sound scattered. Uh, and he said, I got put on hold three different times. And every time it was three, it was three different people who picked me up. It said, oops, I'm sorry. I picked up the wrong line. Like infuriated me. Nobody purposely tried to do it, but damn, I mean, I was just so aggravated. I was like, this is the kind of stuff where we can't, we can't do these things. You know, I mean, we got to, it's got to be consistent and there's an expectation when they call in, even though they may speak to a different person every time they call in, it's, it's the same as if they get me on the phone. Yeah. How, how do you, um, Morel, you know, you're talking about service. Like, so what's some of the things that you do? Give me some tips, give our listeners some tips. What's some of the things you do to try to add more consistency in that service you'll provide? Well, I mean, for us, we just pretty much try to add value where we can, you know, from the minute they come through the door, we, you know, we try to offer them, you know, A, the smiling face that you hear on the other phone, on, on the other end of the phone. Um, they get that personality in person. Um, you know, it's just, it's all about servanthood, I think. You know, if, if we can be a better servant to our customer, who do they know that they can refer to us about their experience? Um, so we're always trying to think of ways that, you know, we can incorporate the customer's aspect. What was the customer see? My team will always tell you, no matter what manager's meeting or, or team meeting we come out of, they always know, okay, what does the customer see? What does the customer feel? How, how are they feeling about their repair process or their project pro progression? So throughout everything, every step of what we do here at Ramtech, we always focus back on customer perceived value. Also, customer expectation. We want to make sure that both of those kind of line up. So when you put your core emphasis on customer expectation and customer perceived value, you're going to have a successful outcome. For sure. I like that. Uh, so, but at the end of the day, every employee there or every team member that's there, they understand exactly how that affects everything. They understand. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. I mean, we, from the day we bring somebody new on board here, I mean, we walk them through the entire process of, okay, you know, this customer is, you know, this, and this is when that customer signs off on this invoice and pays that invoice, this is where that goes. 
down the line, I mean, we don't go into detail about, you know, yeah, this puts shoes on Johnny's feet or anything, but we go down the process of how customers fuel business. And I think that's important for some people to know and understand because they just, you know, you don't want those people that just come to work for a paycheck. You know, if you want to come to work for a paycheck, I don't want you here. I'm sorry. That's just me. I want somebody that's vested interest in helping a community, helping the community and helping a company grow. Yeah. I think that's, that's something that's very important, especially when you have culture inside of, inside of your company. It's, making sure that culture stays to that standard uh, almost. I mean, it's, if you have a bad apple that comes in, I'm just here to get a paycheck. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing the bare minimal. Um, You know, it, it is a disease to everybody else. Right. It'll affect the entire organization. Um, Prime example. So (laughs) I call it employee poaching. Sometimes I'll go and I'll try to recruit employees from Chick-fil-A or Publix. Those are the two places that come to my mind when I think of, you know, customer service and being business minded oriented people. And when you speak to those like prime example, case study, I, I was talking to a lady that checks me out at Publix all the time. And I said, you know, why don't you come work for me? I just flat out said, why don't you come work for me? You know, Publix takes really good care of us. You know, the hours are kind of crappy sometimes, but they take really good care of us and they really compensate us for those crappy times. So it really would be hard for me to just leave a company that's taking care of me and my family to, you know, to make a switch. It would just be, you know, that's a heavy weight to kind of bear. And I, you know, I totally get that. So when you have an employee or a team member that's that's vested into the company, vested into the mission, vested into every process that makes that organization click, it's going to be hard to find good help. I mean, that, that's the old saying. It's hard to find good help. That's the reason why. Yeah. You, you know, I, taking that, though, back to the structure piece of that, you know, let's use back to Chick-fil-A, for example. Somebody doesn't go to work for Chick-fil-A and start saying, you know, <clears throat> this whole my pleasure thing, I really like to say thank you very much. They don't get that option. <laughs> right. Am I right? That's yeah. true. I, I mean, I never have worked for Chick-fil-A, but I would imagine it is, no, 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 no. You're going to say my pleasure. Right. Period. You know, I, I, I think a lot of times we try to focus too much on giving our people room to be who they are. And there's nothing wrong where putting structure where you want it to be in the consistent parts of the process, as long as they understand how that helps the big picture, you know, you can still be the own, your own unique person, but Hey, if we got a certain way, it's going to be done at the end. This is how it's going to be done at the end or so forth. You know, right. I mean, it's all about process, process mapping. I mean, we are constantly updating our process maps for different scenarios Um, You know, A, the main reason we're doing it here now is we want to make sure that everybody is on the same sheet of music. No matter if we hire five people or 20 people, we want somebody to have a playbook that sits down and says, oh, so this is how you guys do it. What we call in-house, we call it our secret sauce. So, you know, I think if, if more companies and organizations had a playbook, if you will, um, they would see success in that too. For sure. So, you know, look, I know we're bouncing around a little bit. I, I'd like to go back to, I mean, when did, when did you start your company? What, what year was that? Officially, we started in 1999, but I really didn't get serious with it until about 2001 when I realized it could be a replacement to my full-time paycheck. Um, 
so that's officially I started in 99 or established it in 99. And we actually, you know, put some efforts in at 2001. And, the, and, you know, look, I mean, we go, we go back quite a few years. So when you started with that, when I first met you, your company was ran from the house, right? Yeah. I mean, when I met with you, your, your conference room was your kitchen table, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We still um, now after two moves have put that same kitchen table in our, kitchen here at the new office <laughs> so, so, but, but, so it's but a slice on. of humble pie that goes with us and we we take every employee back there you know or interview person that we're serious about we'll take them back to the table and say hey look this is where it started and yes. i mean that's, that's a humbling experience when you're sitting at the very table this company started at and that's how you i mean you pretty much know you got the job if you're at that table i like that that's, that's I like that a lot, man. That's um, humble beginnings, man. Yeah, man. Well, you know, never forgetting where you where, where it all started, where it came from. So, uh, with that though, I mean, somewhere else, like so, you know, I think this is good for our listeners. So, you started out in '99, dabbling in it. 2001, right. you got serious. I mean, what amount of time did it take before? I mean, but once you, I know you had grown, you had added employees and stuff, but like how, how, when did you actually push and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to move from the house operation and, and go get, I know y'all do a lot of work out of the office, right? I mean, a lot was on site or remote work, but w- when did you push the next level and, and get into your first office? Um, getting into the first office was a challenge, man. It was, you know, it was a lot of uncertainty because, you know, at the time we were still, you know, a break fix IT shop. We really didn't have regular customers. So we had to shift our mindset, you know, so we had to shift our mindset also and train our customers, our client base, our existing clients. Um, They didn't realize, I guess, how important it was to have preventative maintenance instead of reactive maintenance. Um, The reactive maintenance is typical help desk, you know, fire calls. Hey, I'm my server's melting down or I can't access the internet or, you know, you guys fix it, fix it quick. So we had a lot of that to start as a company. Um, But then we kind of, again, had to train the mindset of, okay, you know, if we had some preventative measures in place, we can determine the issue before you know it is an issue and potentially resolve it in most cases. So that was the pendulum swing because that created the monthly recurrent revenue we needed to sustain moving out of the house, basically. Um, we had even still moving out of the house, we had a lot of people that still used us and then picked up more people. So if you ever, you know, I always tell people now when I come across them, if you ever think if your business will grow, if you moved out of the house, trust me, it will grow if you move out of the house. (laughs) And that was the point I want to get to is like, I mean, you had to, you, you, you know, you talked about being in the more proactive and react instead of reactive. Can I ask, I mean, when you decided, Hey, I want to go another step. I no, want we were still 100% reactive at that point, but so, we pushed so you through. Found, you found what you needed to push you. you. You realized what you wanted to do, and then you found the avenue to do it through, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that is so important for our listeners. Like, pay attention to what Morel's saying here. Started a business on the side because he was interested in it, started working through it. Two years before, he's like, okay, I think I got a plan here I can start working through, and then – Several years working from the house, running out, meeting clients, not having a true home base office to come back to, and then has pushed and, and went the next level. Like, 
don't forget that it takes time. I mean, like that's the huge thing I want our listeners to take away is, I mean, cause you're so respected in our community. Um, well, I mean, it doesn't, it's not overnight either. And I want people to understand, you know, this dream, this passion, this, this drive, it didn't all occur just, you know, overnight. I had to work it. I mean, I worked my community to death, you know, and I think consistency in the community is what has gotten us to this point. Um, you know, that we as a society, we're so used to, you know, fly by night organizations and, and people that, oh yeah, I'll do this. And then they're gone. Um, and, and to this day, we still meet with new prospective customers and they tell us the same thing. Yeah. You know, we had an IT guy and he just disappeared. So I, was, <laughs> I realized there's a, there's a need to being consistent and being relational with people. Um, you know, people are emotionally attached to their finances. Even if, you know, I'm talking to a practice manager that, you know, they don't, they don't own the business, but they manage where the money goes. I mean, that's a big deal to them. That's their job. That's their livelihood. So if they don't, if they mismanage that money and mismanage that money's placement, then, you know, they, they have liabilities and they have all these other, you know, consequences to face from that. So I guess in a, in a big scheme of things, you know, if we're involved in the community and, you know, we worked our chamber hard, we worked some networking groups very hard. Uh, we pushed every avenue to drive the success. And if you don't have that, that desire and that push and that, that drive built in as an entrepreneur, just go be an employee somewhere. And that's just flat out. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and with that being said, I mean, somebody can thrive in that, right? right I mean, they can right. thrive I mean, yeah. finding where you, you can know, thrive. Just like I heard today on the podcast, you know, hey, you know, everybody, you know, there's still a need for, you know, people that fry French fries. You know, French fryer guys still need it. You know, uh, Burger King guys still need it. The Target people are still needed. You know, those people are still needed. You know, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. But if you're not comfortable risking it every day, to maintain a, a certain level of where you want to be as a business owner. And, and, and I, I don't want this to come across negative, but you got to go get a job. I mean, I, I worked Ramtech and I worked full time. I didn't sleep, eat, or see my family for years. And now fast forward, you know, 10 years into this thing, I, I go on five, 10 vacations a year if I want to. Yep. Again, if you invest in yourself, you invest the time, you invest the efforts, you invest the relationships, you will get a successful reward out of it. My reward for me, I wanted to spend more time with my family. I wanted to go and see the world. I'm doing it. I and I have that. a successful business and a successful team behind me that's pushing even when I'm not here. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that what you focus on the most is what grows the most. That's true. And, you know, so many people get dragged in so many other directions that they're like, okay, they get, they get distracted from the main focus. And that's what starts growing, you know, whether it be negative, whether it be positive, you know, where you place yourself and you, where you place your mindset, where you place that hard work, that's what's going to expand, man. And, you know, and you can clearly see that with you. You can see that with James. I mean, that's, that's all these things that, come together when you put hard work behind focus. I mean, it, it, it drives. The thing I've been going back to lately is, you know, it's like I've been telling people don't mix working hard with being successful. And that's Mm -hmm. true because you work hard doesn't mean you're successful, but 
but you cannot be successful without, without hard, work. hard work. That's true. That is 100% accurate. So, look, I know we're jumping to a couple things. Going back, though, to like now, I know you just recently moved into your new space, which is freaking awesome, by the way. I'm loving it. All right. I went over there and I walked around, and all I could do was see my logo everywhere because it motivated the hell out of me to step up my game. Hey, man, that's what it's all about. I'm excited for you, but it, it motivated me to step up what I'm doing. Right. right. So, uh, taking that now you're in a space, you're feeling good. You're loving this, but how important was it talking about going back to that kitchen? How important was it for you to have to work that time at that table there? Like, I mean, all the lessons that were learned, the mistakes that were made were smaller. Like what was it? Would you be, you think you'd be as good as you are now if you would have been in this office year two? No, I think that that table experience is the humbling experience. Um, And I say no, meaning not that I, at that time we were at the table, we just didn't have, we didn't have what we have now. And we didn't have what it would have taken to succeed. I mean, we had to grow it. We had to build it. We had to do everything. There was a lot of pain points and a lot of lessons that we learned along the way. And there's really nobody in our industry that was, you know, even open to teaching us just like I kind of shared with you guys earlier. I mean, pain teaches us to level up. I mean, if you're not experiencing some type of pain as a business owner or as an entrepreneur, then something's wrong. Yeah, for sure. You know, every step that I've made and as much as I've grown, you know, it started with me and then, you know, my office was a cubicle. Right. (laughs) And, and, uh, I mean, all those steps going through that, the mistakes I made, they were, they cost me less. They seemed as much at this time. Um, but they, um, they kept me from making mistakes that would have just completely put me out of business. You right. know, they allowed me to make some mistakes that hurt really bad, but taught me lessons early on. So hopefully I'm as things have scaled, you know, they're, they're getting smoother. It's, uh, you know, um, good friend of our Wade, uh, Wade, yesterday we were in the meeting with him. He shared a thought. I loved it. He said, what you measure, you can manage. What you manage, you can control. I added to that, what you can control, you can scale. You know, so having, having that where you can scale it and grow it bigger. I mean, that's what it's all about. Brad Lee says all the time, you know, uh, don't scale chaos, you know, (laughs) that's a big point, but you know, talking about all this, I mean, Addison, back to you, man. I mean, like what you're doing um, with, with your business. I mean, I think real estate agents are notorious. They stay home. They're a one man shop and that's all they ever are. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally the, the only thing you need to do to have a real estate business is pass your license. Okay. And be a part of a brokerage. Now that all starts from, you know, what your goal is when you get your license and then where do you want to scale? Do you want to be a single agent for the rest of your life? Do you want to build a company? Um, And a lot of that, you have to start that at home. I mean, unless you are willing to go out and buy some office space or your broker actually offers office space. I mean, that's, that's literally the beginning of everything. And, you know, to, to scale from there, most agents don't, most agents are perfectly fine with where they're at to have a bigger idea and to want to scale. 
man, the blueprints are out there, you know, to, to start it, but it all comes down to exactly, you know, exactly what you guys did. I mean, you have to start with another person and then grow. It takes time to get to that point. It takes funds to get to that point. I'm seeing it now to where, you know, we're bringing on another, um, you know, an additional uh, admin to where we are actually starting to grow. Right. And that, that takes trials, it takes time and it takes understanding where you are as a person and as a business CEO. I mean, because that, that's, once that game changes and you flip that switch to I'm not a real estate agent or I'm not whatever it may be, I'm now the CEO of a company, man, the mindset is, is completely different. Yeah. I mean, I, I look back at, um, it's like when I first started and I made my first hire, right? My second hire, my third hire. If I would have had to hire 40 people, I mean, I've made some really bad hiring decisions in the past. Horrible. And they weren't the people's fault. They were, it was my fault, 100%. If I'd have had to hire 40 people back then, this place would have went under. I mean, it would have been a disaster. Because I, I, I had to make that chaos thing you were talking about. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I would have been screwed. I mean, a whole different level. So, um, Morel, we want to be valuable your time. Uh, I know you need to go pretty soon. Um, what, um, you know, with a lot of our, like I said, we got people at different places working for companies, uh, maybe trying to start business on the side. I, you know, speak specifically, like I said, because I, I've just always loved your story so much. I mean, talk to the people who are maybe that one person shop right now. They're still at the kitchen table. Like, I mean, what, what do you recommend to them right now? You know, I heard a long time ago, um, if you're passionate about anything and you would do it for free, that's what you should be doing as your business. And I wholeheartedly believe in that, man. If you are passionate about waking up every day and that's all you can envision is eat, sleep, doing blah, whatever that blah is for you, that's what you should be doing and doing it very, very, very well. And if you're doing it very well and you're providing a product or a service that people have to have and they, they can't live without you, even if you generate it in their mind that they can't live without you or without your product, you've done your job then it's time to scale. It's time to grow. It's time to document the processes and feed it through the system. Create an engine that runs for you 24 seven without stopping because that engine produces money on the back end and vacations and anything else you can envision you want to do. One thing that I have done personally, I set myself hard coded goals. Morel, I'm looking at a 69 Eleanor Shelby GT350 on my desktop right now. That's going to be in my garage one day. I I set it on my desktop. I look at it every day when I turn my computer on. When I go home and shut down, I take that same computer with me and I see that same desktop background when I get home. I see it. I envision where I'm going to park it and I go get it. I'll ask people to pick up one piece on that. He didn't say that he was just, he, he never once mentioned making focusing on just the money. Money's important. We should all want to make more money, but he talked about doing that through being the best at what he does. And that's what you need to focus on. There's no issue, nothing wrong with making more money, but do it through trying to be the best that you can be for your customers and in your industry. Yeah. 
Definitely that. And then the one thing that I picked up from, you know, Morel today was getting that playbook, right? Getting that, that those standards in place. That was something when, when we decided to scale from where we were at to bringing on that new hire, that was one of the biggest issues I was running into. I've talked about it on the podcast before. It was hell trying to get those processes, trying to get this goes here on this date. This needs to be done by this, right? They're all up here in your head, but until you put them on paper and get that playbook written down, bro, uh, that's, I think beyond anything, just like you just went into, I think that is the first step to a scale. It is. It really is. Um, being able to, what'd you say, James, measure it? If you can measure it, you can control it. <laughs> yeah, if you measure it, you can manage. manage. And what you can manage, you can control. And then my last piece I added to that was what you can control, you can scale. I mean, that in a nutshell is where I think people's mindset should be. If you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're, I mean, again, it's tough. I know it's tough. You, you get out there and that's all you do is you push your business. Um, but if you're doing it successfully and you're doing a good job, it'll show and it will grow and it will scale. Just make sure you document the process so you can duplicate it, document it and duplicate it. That's what we say around here all the time. So Morel, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, Tell people where they can find you at. Guys, thank you for having me on the show today for sure. Um, Ramtech, we're located right here in Stockbridge. We're in the Eagles Landing area at 5 Gresham Landing. Uh, you guys can reach out to us. We're online all over the place, Facebook, website, Instagram. We're out there. Um, Ramtech PCS, just pop that in Google and we'll pop up. <laughs> Good deal. Aston, you got anything you want to close us out with? Go get some. Right. I'll get some. <laughs> Basically, I like it. The great like words it. of Jocko. Um, yeah. To close us out, man, James, where can they find you? Uh, just, you know, Instagram, uh, JD Chapman, eight, uh, four. And then our website for the, for agency is insured by CIG.com. New, new website. Check it out. Uh, still building out a few pieces. Let's, let's know what you think. Tell me if it sucks or not. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, guys. Um, it was a pleasure having Morel on, not so much James. <laughs> we, uh, we definitely enjoyed having you on, and I hope the listeners can definitely uh, get some golden nuggets or whatever they may find in you. Thanks, uh, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Morel was awesome. Share this episode. Don't be an ass. Share it. Like it. Uh, give us a review. Grind her out. Hey!